Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Teacher, author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories of healing, miracles, and messages from universal source that shows us our challenges are not merely economic, political, or societal, but often a disconnect from our true being or inner wisdom. I am delighted today to welcome Dr. Michael J. Young, author of The Illness of Medicine, Experiences of Clinical Practice, who shares the significant obstacles patients endure, as well as the aspiration many of the truly dedicated medical uh, professionals feel. And that's exasperation, is what I meant to say. Hello, Dr. Young, and thank you for joining us on Healing from Within to share your perspective of thank many, you so much. Yeah, and many of your yeah. own professional and personal feelings about healing and the challenges we face in finding ways to heal mind, body, and spirit in a rapidly changing world. Yeah. A very difficult time right now, yes, indeed. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Michael, as listeners of Healing from Within have discovered... Over the years, my esteemed guests and I share many stories, miracles, and truths about the nature of both physical and spiritual life and how merging both, as well as merging allopathic and alternative healing methods, offer people a way to discover more about life, happiness, and living with hope beyond any of the physical challenges. And today we discover a journey of self-discovery and perspectives and heal many traumas. And because beyond pain and suffering and limitation is the path to freedom from fear and the journey and discoveries are never-ending. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Michael Young will discuss the controlling efforts of the insurance industry and the clout pharmaceutical companies have over us, which has become overwhelming. Dr. Young remembers a time in his 30-year medical practice when these industries worked for us and the physicians. We will explore how to navigate through our healthcare system beyond the mechanism of profit that it, that it has become. I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, event that may have shown them or others the lifestyle, work, or interest they might have as an adult. So, Michael, think back and uh, remember something that brought you to understand the way you, you would proceed in your adult life. Well, I think perhaps my clearest memories are as a very young person, uh, I always enjoyed going to my pediatrician, and for that reason, I had written a chapter in my book about that experience. Uh, this person simply exuded uh, warmth and kindness. He was gentle yet firm, if I can use those in the same sentence. Uh, he always demonstrated a sense of competence and knowing. And I was always happy. Oh, sure, we got our shots and things that weren't so fun. But somehow going to his office, 
for those regular checkups, uh, it just, I just felt good afterwards. Isn't and that I, wonderful? I mean, my son, when I used to take him, when he'd get to the door, he would say, home, home. Right. Let's start pointing away and turning away. Well, to this day, I mean, here we are, you know, 50 years plus later, I can still smell his office. Well, my and son it, smelled it too, but in his yeah. case, it wasn't and, his destiny. But I can, and I can smell him. I mean, I, can, I hear his voice. He's been dead for many years, but I can, I can still hear his deep, resonating voice and... I can remember being in the in the in exam room and feeling the uh, the sticky well, paper that you sat on in the cold room, but it you know I, I it just resonates very much. Well, with me. we we meet many people in our lives who are guides, who tell us things or share experiences, and it empowers us to find our own path or destiny forward. And they're not put there randomly. Yeah, but they you know what's, in, what's what was most interesting to your question and to my experiences with him is that he always told me the truth. Mm. Here I am as a little boy, five years old, six years old, whatever age I was. He never said that this shot was going to be oh, just a little mosquito bite. No, he would tell me this is going to hurt. Um, he was honest. He was forthright and. He did what he did, and yes, it hurt. I took it, but I always maintained my, my trust in him you because of that. him, yeah. That's a very important thing for children to have. They need that to trust their parents, their teachers, their medical professionals. Yeah, and if they lose that trust, there's like a wound to their soul and heart. And it's, and, and and it's, it's okay to say no. It's yes. okay to say no, and... So often I see today, you know, parents or, or anyone really who is afraid to to not make that child uh, responsible for what they did, or you know, to award them for just about everything they do, and that's really not what life is. Life is a lot of picking yourself up, dusting yourself off, and going on. It is not one of constant awards and ribbons and banners and trophies. Um, and Absolutely. so I do, I do feel that there is room, and it's your best friends who will tell you when you're wrong, and the people who care most about you that will do so. And it helps you. It helps you Absolutely. realize there's no yeah. failure. There's only experience. And we're going yes. to go on to the next one and do the best we can. That's all we can do. My mom always used to say that. Just do the best you can. There's nothing else, nothing more. Well, if you fail to learn from it, then you've really lost the, the opportunity. Right. It's an opportunity. I like that. Tell us about the hopes and intentions you had as a young doctor, your training and interests, and how the system was then and what's going on now. In other words, what goes on beyond this, behind the scenes in the medical health delivery system in the USA? That's a well, big we, question. It's, it's a big question, and it would take hours to explain, but I, I will give my, uh, my abridged version. Right. The, um, my first experiences in healthcare were following my father. He was an ophthalmologist, and I had the opportunity when I was uh, in college, uh, late teens, to go with him to the hospital where he was, in my mind, um, 
just just a noble person. He everyone acknowledged him. I got to see him interact with other healthcare prof, uh, professionals. There was just an admiration and respect, uh, and the hospital itself seemed to be a place of uh, quiet, of calm, of 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 strength. It was a place people got better. And I remember being very awestruck with that feeling. And it was because of his kindness, because of who he was, I went into medicine. And when I went into training, I had known I wanted to be a surgeon, and I was very much excited about that opportunity. And to this day, I am still, I still consider myself that person from so many years ago, unfortunately, I feel that I have become entangled, obstructed, if you will, not so much by medicine, but by the environment with which we have to practice it. Mm. And that environment has become one of uh, bureaucratic corporate control. It has become one of, of a monetary measurement of almost Everything that is done, everything is counted and calibrated. Uh, it is one where I would say volume has become more important than quality. Uh, and those are the metrics by which uh, reimbursement is done, for instance, with many of the insurance companies to hospitals, many of the contracts that hospitals have uh, with various uh, um, Insurance companies is predicated on how much of X or Y is done, not necessarily how well. And so I have become vastly disappointed, not with the providers or the nurses, but so much with the environment and the people that are controlling them. We are no longer in charge of our domain of healing. We have become... um, subject to so many variable metrics that are out of our control. Um, Physicians, for instance, are often employed now by these corporate structures, and therefore they're told how many patients to see per hour, right? How many, um, you know, how many patients you can see has become more important than how well you see those patients. And so patients themselves... When they go to see the physician, my God, they feel rushed. They feel um, stressed just to get, you know, a few sentences out of what's wrong before they're being ushered out. Mm. So speed and money has seems to have become the dictatorial processes by which healthcare has yeah, become so, uh, subject to. Yeah, so medical care has to be perceived on both sides by the patient and practitioner. And the patient often is not aware of the complications within the system you are describing. Well, I am, of course, but... Well, uh, listen, all, all physicians are, are patients. Absolutely. I mean, that's, we're all human that, beings. That, that's the great um, balance system there. We're all patients at one point. Yeah. And... Since I have stepped out of healthcare as a practitioner, and now that I write about it and and teach at a university uh, about healthcare and surgical device innovation, I now am am treated differently than when I was on the inside of that um, circle. 
Um, even though I, yes, I still am a physician and an MD, I am no longer part of that internal system. Uh, and so I am the one who is now having to navigate a system that when I was on the inside, oh, everything was just more of who I knew than what I knew to get something accomplished. Mm. It is so very it's challenging. a little easier. It was a little easier. Well, you know, the, the, in the healthcare system today, if you don't have an advocate or if you don't know how to navigate the system, you are going to get lost and you will spiral down to the bottom because the system mandates that you advocate or have someone who can do it for you. It is too complex. The, um, the rules are so challenging to get health care, to get proper health care. Uh, it isn't good enough to know who the right doctor is. You have to find a way to navigate through your insurance company to allow you to see that particular individual. And your insurance may be uh, dictated by the employer that you work for. Therefore, you can go to Hospital X, which is 10 miles away, but Hospital Y is one minute away. <laughs> but you can't go there because it's not in your plan. It's not in the agreed upon. That is really exasperating. Yeah. It is. Yes, and there are many patients who uh, need to have more immediate health care. Well, which hospital is in your plan? Oh. And you may go to the local hospital only to have immediate care delivered, which is required, but then you have to be transferred, and then records have to be duplicated. Then electronic health care records have to be sent over, which never occurs. The systems are incompatible with one another. Yeah. So the nuances of just going from one hospital to the next, predicated upon your insurance requisites, um, creates a whole other system of complexity that's very hard to navigate. And this is when things are good. Now you're talking about someone who is ill, someone who is in pain, yes. someone who is scared, someone who has potentially been injured. They are not at their best. They, their defenses are down. They, they perhaps are not thinking with the utmost clarity that they would normally do or have for decisions, which compounds the problem. They're, they're very vulnerable and are not in a position to properly negotiate, navigate. Yeah, I want to tell you a story about that. Uh, you just explained it exactly the way it is, how the patient might feel and how the system and the people working in the system might not be sensitive enough to what's going on, right? And uh, I recently had to go to a big group, Northwell Health, right, and see a pulmonologist. Uh, my regular doctor recommended it uh, because I had this, this uh, bronchial, like, mucus that I just couldn't seem to get under control that was affecting me. And as a host of a radio show, that's not a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so anyhow, so I, I go into this a new facility, and I was uncomfortable immediately. The desk, the way right. it was set up, the way the, uh, there was like a, I'm an empath, there was a cold feeling there. And of course with COVID, everything is turned around, the chairs and this and that. And you right. get up, you put your face in a, 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 temp, a thermometer there to take your temperature and, 
it, it just felt very. Well, there was no, there was no empathy. There was right. no. There was no connection. There was right. No, immediately, right. no, like m- with my personal doctor in her right. office, uh, which I have been always used to since I was a child, and I loved my pediatrician too. Right. The, the way you but, loved but medicine. But I, 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 I make the statement in my book, and I will reiterate it that I do feel that we, the patients, have become a commodity yes. to the business of medicine. Well, let me finish the story here. <laughs> so, sure. Let me just, because I, I go on to, so now they take me into a room. I'm in a new facility, all right? And I'm not feeling 100% okay either. Uh, so I've had allergies and bronchitis, and I saw a pulmonologist many, many years ago who just said to me, my lungs were good, the cough was innocuous, not the real problem, uh, but since I had COVID last April, I was having some breathing problems. Okay, so I went to the pulmonologist now. Uh, so the assistant came in, the nurse, maybe not a nurse, maybe just an assistant, and she took my blood pressure and she says to me can you take your shirt off in that tone and I yeah. said why would I do that I've never taken my shirt off uh, to have my blood pressure taken you just can I'll pull the sleeve up if you want but I don't even think I have to do that and um, I felt very 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 threatened and uncomfortable yeah, and, and it was said with a snarl. It was yes, not, yes. And then I said, not, uh, uh, I said, you know, when people come in here, they're not feeling well, and you must communicate with them in a kind and gentle way. And uh, that only she, set her off more. Yeah. Well, she apologized yeah. to me because uh. she already realized she was dealing with someone that that she couldn't control. It was sort of a controlled right, toxic right. energy. So. Uh, I'm not used to anything like that, and 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 poor treatment like that. Uh, I was able to talk up to her, but I'm sure other people uh, may not. And the energy in the room was just so uncomfortable. Well, I, I hate that, to say this, but I think this is be, this will be the norm for a while. Oh, um, oh. you know, a study was done uh, that was presented about. Patients, when they walk in and, they, and their, their physician steps in the room, and oftentimes the physician will, of course, ask the patient, so what are you here for, what's the problem, how are things? And it was shown that 77% of the time that patient's statement was interrupted, and it was interrupted at 18 seconds. 18 seconds. That's the patient's. CE as opposed to patients, the individual. That is the patience that the physicians now have. They will sit and listen for 18 seconds before trying to move on. It's, it's, it's awful. Um, but again, when the and, physicians... And, and, and I hate to say this, but some of the people need to be trained in, in communication skills and, and, and how to listen. Which isn't taught. Which is, what you, which is not taught. I know it it's not taught. not taught. And it needs to be taught. It's, it's very, awful. It's you very, know, you're dealing with human beings, right. and unfortunately... Frightened. What you, it, when they're sick, they're frightened. What is being taught today, unfortunately, and I'm trying to make changes with my interaction with um, my medical students, is uh, we are being the students are being taught 
lab values and imaging, and they're not being taught the put your hand on the belly, touch the patient. This is a human being, and the kindness and the and the energy and the warmth that occurs just by human touch yes. is missing. Well, I'm a Reiki practitioner, so I understand how to interact, and I help but people it, 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 feel remarkable. more comfortable with their own energy and, and to relax and to uh, not be in a state like this. But I want to tell you something else. When the pulmonologist walked in, the energy shifted in the room, and she was absolutely magnificent. Her but handling you know what also of my missing? situation was very, very personal and very good. But what is also missing today um, is, due to the presence of the electronic health call record, is eye contact. The physicians are so busy typing in their notes, their back is turned towards you. The questions are asked without them even looking at you. Yeah. The, the, the environment of healthcare has changed. It has become conveyor belt-like. Mm. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But I had a good experience in the with well, this good. with this with this particular. So it problem. can happen. It can. The trouble happen. is the trouble is that's becoming more the exception than the yes, rule. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, let's go on to um, tell of a case where perhaps a patient who was intuitive stuck to their guns, and with your help, you may have made choices uh, that were not completely in alignment with protocol. Now, this is rare, but I think you're the type of doctor that may have done this or been it able is, to do this. And, and one has to be very cautious because we do live, we live in a, a litigious environment. We live in an environment of guidelines, mm -hmm. and one has to have the fortitude, the confidence, but also the wherewithal to know when you can deviate a little bit push it a little bit mm -hmm. and you're not pushing it for the reasons of being aggressive or cocky you're doing it because other things aren't working yes and there are times when we are and i dealt with many cancer patients most of my practice was cancer primarily prostate cancer uh, and patients would come to you with various alternative ways that they want to be managed, and that's fine. I'm, I'm completely open up to a point. I am a strong advocate for alternative therapies, um, but there has to be a line where you, you draw and say, we, we have to get back in now. You know, we, we can let the kite string out so far, and then we have to come back in well, when could, things are... Yeah, you can combine a mixture of therapy, sure. perhaps, that would, would work. I want to tell this story very quickly. I went to a dermatologist. I had a small little bump in my thigh, and when I touched it, moved it around, it hurt a little bit. So I went to my skin doctor, and he said, does it hurt? Because he didn't really want me to do anything about it. And I said, only when I move it around. So then he sent me to the surgeon in the practice, and so they removed it. The only reason I did this was probably because my sister had cancer at the time, and so I figured I should check this out, right? Mm -hmm. So I was prudent. Well, it was very painful. I went on a trip that week. I didn't know it would be a big deal. I never think anything will be a big deal. I thought it would be a little bitty thing, and it was 
a big deal <laughs> and right. very painful. And I went on my trip, and I came back in two weeks, and he took the stitches out, which were very strange-looking stitches to begin with, and he brought in another doctor in the room with him, and I said, uh-oh, something's up. And then and he said, y- you know what, uh, we're going to have to make two more incisions. And I said, why, is it cancer? And he says, no. So I said, well, what do you think it is? He says, it might be a fungus you picked up in some island or one of your trips. And, and I said, so how would you treat it? He said, well, it give you an antibiotic. So then why would you want to do two more, two more incisions? Excisions. Yeah. Because, I, he said, because I'm a doctor and that's what I do. Well, I walked, I said, well, I, I'm an intuitive and that's not what I do. If there is no cancer there, we're done. It's done. I'm glad to hear that, and thank you very much. And I walked out. I want to tell you, I'm not usually like this, but I was disturbed for quite yes. a while over that encounter because <laughs> it was insensitive. Again, I'm talking people going into this field should have some level of sensitivity. And there well, was they, they need to be patient. They, they, they need... need they need they the patience. Need, they need to they cut, need, cut, cut, cut. Uh, yeah. Yes. One of, one of my brothers is a uh, physiatrist who specializes in, in, in brain injury, mm. uh, closed head trauma, traumatic brain injury. And uh, one day he had his residents mandated to all spend the day in a wheelchair. Everything you have to do everything in a wheelchair. You have to you have to go from point A to point B. You have to function. You have to get on the bus. You have to deal with the city streets. You have to live in a wheelchair and understand what the disabled are going through. And yeah, they learned. And the same thing can be said here. The physicians need empathy, which perhaps you hate to say you have to go through it to learn from it. But if you can't teach empathy, you have to experience it. Um, but well, sir, there's definitely a shortage. Yeah, but what I what I'm what I'm saying to our listening or audience is that uh, sometimes you have to use your own intuitive sense and say no. Yes. You cannot always just yes. as, as subscribe uh, 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 to a yes. plan of treatment if it does not feel right. You can get a second opinion, uh, but but you. We know within our heart. We know. We know. I, That's a very I, important statement. Right. I, I, At the end of the day, the patient is still in charge. It is still yes. the pa- They are the ones who are y- yesing or knowing to a particular treatment. Right. But some people don't have that ability to do that. And sometimes it's good if they have someone with them who might help them. And uh, because there will be some people who are just so caught, doctors, nurses, caught up in the system. Uh, that they they're being moved along too quickly. They're not yes. thinking of all the ramifications of what could happen uh, if they do this procedure. You're not well, that, one. You're obviously right. not one of them. And my doctors, for the most part, have not been that way either. But there are some like that. So there are many, and, and that's where system, we go back to what I what I said before, which is this corporate structure that is taking over is is a quota system and it's, it's mandating volume and so the pay, the physicians don't have the time i think many of them want to do the right thing they they went into it for the right reasons but the system that's managing them doesn't allow 
I understand. such treatment. We understand. And I want to thank you, Dr. Michael J. Young, author of The Illness of Medicine, for sharing the most expansive and detailed look at the life of a surgeon and the changing issues facing the medical professions, the insurance companies, the pharmaceutical government interests, and last of all, which should always be first, the patient. In order to learn more about navigating and surviving the system of modern-day medicine and to purchase this book, go to Amazon.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have seen... How Dr. Michael Young, whose father, grandfather, and great-grandfather were all physicians, has brought details and examples of changing doctors' practices, hospital, and medical institutions so we can see the necessity for the balancing of technology, corporations, and all these different groups, and the personal involvement of medical professionals and their patients, because we want to remember to merge the best of progress and technology with the gentleness of past times uh, so medicine doesn't decline into an impersonal exchange between the parties where respect, truth, honor, and faith for the needs of all participants are no longer required or honored. True healing is not merely moving beyond symptoms through medical surgery or therapy, it is the ability of the patient and physician to form a human bond for healing the mind, body, and spirit. And we are now aware uh, that corporations control the financing of so much of these industries, and that is being lost. It's a big, big problem. So Dr. Michael Young and I would have you remember not to be overwhelmed by the changes happening now as there is indeed, spiritually speaking, a personal plan for each of us and a collective plan to advance the soul to greater levels of higher consciousness. Through facing these challenges we've talked about today, uh, we will learn that gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment uh, may help us to find peace beyond the challenges we are now being given. Change is necessary and often leads to improving our sense of knowing who we are and what values we uh, really think are important in a human cycle. So I suggest that these changes will in time uh, be manageable and hopefully there will be more people helping to uh, take the glitches out of out of the system so health care can improve that is the hope i am your host cheryl glick author of a new life awaits and i invite you to visit my website cherylglick.com to read about and listen to leaders in the metaphysical scientific medical spiritual legal educational and the arts and and music fields uh, who share their discoveries and interest in knowing humanity, evolution, and the search for higher consciousness in more exact ways. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.